So um, just to affirm what Anne said, my name is uh, David. I'm a member of the church here and with my wife, I lead uh, one of the Barnabas communities called uh, Nurture. I have three kids who are four, six and eight, which means I've been tired for approximately 3,000 days. So big breath, <laughs> and we get on with this morning. I want to start with a little survey, actually. So I would like you to put up your hand if you currently hold a driving license, or at some point have held one. So if you're currently disqualified, it's fine. Put up your hand. <laughs> I'm just allowing for you know inclusiveness there. Great, you can put your hands down there. Many of us um, know how to drive. Now, if you're like me, you learn how to drive by spending a lot of time reading books beforehand, looking up the theory, all the kind of stuff that you needed to know. And also, there were some exercises you could do in your own home, sitting in a chair, you know, doing all the pedal movements and everything else so that you got ready to drive. Who learned to drive like that? No one. <laughs> Just for the tape, neither did I. No one drives to, learns to drive like that. We learn to drive sitting in a moving car. Isn't that astonishing, actually? 16-year-olds with a provisional license get to sit behind a wheel. I sat there, there's somebody next to me. I didn't know anything. What is this um, circular thing here? The instructor almost got out to that point. The bravest person I ever met, this instructor, I just say that. I'm not sure I'm ever going to meet a braver person in my life sitting with me in a moving car. Now hold on to that, we'll come back to this later. Our passage today is about right living. It's a call to a way of life. It's what in the Greek would be orthopraxis. So we've heard of orthodoxy, so that's right thinking, right truth. This is a call to orthopraxis, ortho, right, praxis. For Star Trek fans, that's a Klingon moon. But in the context of this, it means action, right action. This is a passage about what it means to live in the right way, the way that gives life. We're in Hebrews 10, and it's verses 19 to 25, if you wanted to look that up. This is very much a hinge passage in Hebrews. It kind of reflects everything that's gone before in the first nine, ten chapters, really talking about, for those of us who've come to faith, who we now are, where we stand with God. And then it hinges, therefore, this is what we get to do. This is the very best way to live. In some ways, uh, it's short, but it's a kind of wordier version of James 2, where he talks about faith and action. The two must go together. That's the call. So we read together Hebrews 10, verse 19. Therefore, in light of everything that's come before, here's the summary. Since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain, that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who, is promi who has promised is faithful. 
This is the truth of where we stand, of who we are. And then it hinges. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. This is the word of the Lord. Out of a beautiful, astonishing, covenantal relationship with God, we're invited to join him in pushing forward the boundaries of the kingdom. Out of a beautiful, covenantal relationship with God, we are invited to join him in pushing forward the boundaries of the kingdom. That's the boundaries in our lives, but also out and about with those we encounter. Here the kingdom is characterized in verse 24 as love and good deeds. These are God things, aren't they? You know, God is loving. God is someone who's engaged in goodness all the time. Actually, the Bible would go a little further than that. The Bible would say God is love, 1 John 4. And the psalmist would affirm again and again, you are good. Psalm 86, a good example of that. God is the very definition of what these words mean. They have no meaning without God. Love and good deeds. He defines these things. So the call here to love and good deeds is a call to be like God himself. So the best place to start, of course, is to look at Jesus, what did love and good deeds look like? Well, what we see there in Jesus over and over again is a life where he's discipling those around him, sharing the goodness of the Father with everyone he encounters. And he does that in terms of his manner. He does that with words. And it's also about what he's doing for them. So that's the call. That's easy, huh? How are we doing with that? Fine? Got it made, haven't we? That is a high calling. I don't know, I can't even see it. That is a really high calling. There's good news in the passage, though, in the words of an old comic. Come here. There's more. This is what it says. Let us spur one another on. Let us encourage one another. Let us not give up meeting together. How do we have a hope of living to this high calling? How do we have a hope of pushing the boundaries of the kingdom with God by living in communities together? There's a few very deep challenges in this passage, two I'm not going to talk about, but you know, if lunch is a bit boring and you want to have a, um, a bit of a deep conversation, then you know, there's a challenge here to our cultural feudalism. There's a challenge here to our cultural consumerism. Have a think about that later. But there's a huge challenge here too to our individualism. The idea that it's about me. Faith is something that is lived out together. This is a call of Scripture again and again and again, from the very start to the very end. 
And at its heart, it's an invitation to be in communion with God, to be in a community with God. English really lets us down um, sometimes. Uh, it's, a, it's a great and beautiful language in all sorts of ways. But the word you can mean one person or many. And often in Scripture, when it says you, we hear me. But really, it's saying us. We should hear us. Faith is lived out together, spurring each other on, encouraging one another. Now, there's a whole range of communities re represented here this morning, and I mean no insult to uh, those of us involved to say we're not experts at all. But we are people committed to living out this passage. We are people learning to drive in a moving car. And just like that, it is terrifying <laughs> and also just the most exciting adventure. And what you'll see as you go around is you will meet different people, very different people, who are trying to share faith with all sorts of different groups of people. Living out of the covenantal relationship, pushing forward the boundaries of the kingdom, discipling, sharing as Jesus did. This is the strive. But they're different. They look different. What they do looks different. They're organic things that are growing and morphing and evolving depending on the season and what's happening and what they're trying to achieve. And the communities we trust that are becoming more and more, I guess, larger than just the times they meet and the things they do. They're true communities of the heart. And they're spurring on and they're encouraging and their meeting together looks different because of that. I just want to share a few stories really about some of the things we've done which were helpful just to give you a little bit of an insight um, and then very shortly we'll start going around and having a look uh, at what's happening and praying for each other today. One of the things we love to do is read this. We love this book. We love this book and we love uh, engaging with it. And uh, we do that in all sorts of different ways. One of the ways we've done is to take a passage. This is a zero prep um, Bible study. You take a passage and just split the time to two halves. In the first half, we ask okay, what is this passage telling us about God, people, life? What are the principles? What are the warnings here? And we chat about that. But then in the second half, we move on and we ask, okay, what is God saying to us now? What is he saying to me? What am I going to do about it? How could you as the community around me help me, spur me on to be more God-like. Another thing we do together, you know, we're really committed to, to sharing faith, but that's scary. So one of the things we've done is we've just sat there and, and mapped out, listen, these are the people I meet during the course of the week. 
these guys I've never really spoken to about faith. Some people had a bit of a conversation. Other people have maybe come to something or it's been a bit deeper. And we've looked at that together and then said, okay, well, where's the movement? Where, you know, who, who might I be able to sort of push in a little bit with this week? And we've encouraged one another in doing that. It's terrifying. But with the people around, it's been easier. My testimony is this. I spent 37 years of my life as an evangelical Christian, and I could count in the fingers of one hand the encounters I'd had with anybody about faith. And in the last three years, I've run, I've run out of hands. I mean, grains of rice in my cupboard would not be enough to count the number of times there's been a connection, a conversation, a contact, and they're coming out of nowhere. People are starting those conversations with me. And this is a testimony of many of us too. It's been very exciting and humbling. And I'm slightly wondering what I was doing for 37 years, but we're here now. I'd also say this, as we join this common cause together, as we're saying, right, let's reach these people. How can we help each other? How can we help to disciple one another in the life God has called us to? What we're experiencing as well is this thing where it's just so much easier to be vulnerable with one another. I was up in Glasgow a few weeks ago and um, my uh, father was telling me about uh, a guy in his congregation who says the best time of his life, the best time of his life when he was happiest was during the Second World War when he was with his battalion. That's a classic story, isn't it really? But this, you know, this old gentleman there, he said, I was so happy. We were there on the common cause. These were my brothers. I was so exposed to them. I shared with them. They cared for me. And that's been our experience too. I would go so far as this to say, for me, the best pastoral care I've ever received from those around me has been while on the front line. Working together with God to push the boundaries of the kingdom. Our passage today is about right living, orthopraxis, a call to the very best way of life, one lived together. Learning to drive in a moving car. I'll say this to finish that when I learned to drive, um, the person sitting there, her name was Lola. She used to be a showgirl before she was a driving instructor. <laughs> and she had purple feathers down the side of the car. <laughs> um, but she, as, as well as telling me what to do, uh, she also had a couple of pedals herself, uh, a brake and a clutch. So she was able to help me out. It was both her instruction, her teaching, but very much involved in my learning too. Someone is sitting with us in this moving car. It is God himself, the promised Holy Spirit. And as John 14 says, he will teach us all things. A call to a way of life, a faith lived out together. So we say this morning, come Holy Spirit, join us in the moving car.